0: This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald. Thank you for listening to this PowerCat podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode of the PowerCat podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast network. And if you enjoy this podcast please consider becoming a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com. We cover the Wildcats like no one else with our VIP customers enjoying one-of-a-kind coverage from our team of professional journalists. And sign up today for an annual subscription to GPC and grab a 30% discount on your first year. And now here's the PowerCat podcast.
1: The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. Discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. And it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC Gig Powered Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com
0: publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of a podcast that happens way too often. <laughs> we live in here. Ah, podcast, 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 podcast. We're having fun, fun with podcasts at gopowercat.com. There's a lot of P in that pop. We're sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. I feel like they should have a P in there. Fridge Wholesale Liquor. I think you just had a stroke like I know. I mean. This is your questions podcast, the old school podcast, the good stuff you ask, we answer. Every Wednesday at com, We are, uh, as we tape this, less than three days into the month, and we've put up uh, four podcasts, five? One, two, I don't know. All I know is this. The podcasts are taking off like crazy, and you folks are going back and listening to old podcasts. Like the pregame show keeps getting listens. I think they're going back and auditing it to make sure we got things right. Well, they were totally wrong about that.
2: Now, is that us or is that them just
0: wanting to relive everything about this last weekend? Well, that could be. They're probably standing in the driveway, still tailgating. <laughs> Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, Zach Carlson. We're in the WTC gig-powered studios. We've rearranged our podcasting tables. We're not sure if we like it. We're, weird. Still, we're figuring it out. Uh, we're, we're trying to arrange the room f- eventually for web streaming. Eventually. I just want to warn you guys now. We're not dressing up for this. Oh, no. This is... The, people will just be happy I'm wearing pants. Okay? <laughs> I'm not just sitting in my boxers and a t-shirt. There's no reason you should have to dress up for a podcast, Zach. That's right. Yeah, Zach. Yeah, Zach. Quit trying to make me dress up we sponsored by the fridge. Get into the fridge. They had a huge weekend.
2: I had a feeling. I went in on Friday mm. to grab grab something, and uh,
0: it was buzzing. It was so busy Friday when I uh, went in to pick up our items for the sample <laughs> that Kevin was working the registers. And, like, all three going. Was how, many, f- how many people do you think you
2: impressed with everything you brought out of that? Uh,
0: Quite a, yeah, it was. there's $500 of booze sitting on that table. <laughs> and because of the state of Kansas, you can't just give it to us. We actually had to buy it. But I hope you got a chance. hope you're a subscriber, first of all. Grab your 30% off and become part of the Go Paracat family. I hope you had a chance to watch the sample. Uh, it'll get better. We saw some things we want to change with it as we go. And um, I think it, it was fun. It's kind of fun not to have any of us on it. Yeah, it's new faces. Well, they've had those faces. New faces to their us. Whole, oh, yeah, like on the side. Oh, you mean they have had. The, yes, you yeah, are right. Those are their faces. They didn't get them new just because they started working for us. Okay. <laughs> this is, uh, we're, we taped this on Tuesday. This is my third podcast of the day, right? Yeah. Then after the end of this, I'll tape the overtime with these two. Gentlemen, I'll go with that. That'll be my fourth podcast of the day. What I'm saying here is, by the end of the overtime, God knows what's going to take place. At least you don't have to knock everything out in one day, though. No, edit, no, it's good. To, stuff. It's good to stay ahead. And then uh, on Wednesday, on Wednesday, can't even enunciate right now. Uh, we will start working on the pregame podcast. Let's just get going. Zach, questions from Wild Bass Station. Here we go. Did you give all our sponsors? I did. No, oh, we, did we did, left out Tanner's. Yeah. Damn it. They're going to cancel soon. <laughs> no, they're not. I was just in on Tanner's on um, Sunday night. Oh, good. We bought ourselves some credit then. <laughs> yeah, I uh, mean, uh, the old school buddies were all, it was like the wonder team assembled. It was fun. Every Every place was closing on Sunday. I'm like, why? People are out.
2: NFL football starts on, on, well, technically Thursday, which means Tanner's is about to be buzzing on
0: the weekends even more. Oh, yeah. Get to Tanner's. Go watch football. Football. Ugh. Tanner's is great. We had a great time. Now we're going to do your questions.
3: From Purple Powerhouse, when was the last time that K-State put together such a complete and impressive first game?
0: I know none of them come to mind for me. It's It's been a while. You know, I'm sure we go back through the scores um, and find, you know, a similar type performance. Um, Purple Powerhouse, that would involve research. And we're not going to get <laughs> go there to that nonsense. But um, it, it, I think you really have to go back to Snyder 1.0. Yeah. to have, have the kind of feeling of efficiency that they had. You mentioned the score there. 34-0 South Dakota in
2: 2015 didn't even feel like that. And they got a shutout.
0: Yeah. They got a shutout in 2015 for the opener, and it didn't even feel like that. No, because this was efficient. Because Nichols is a good team. And you could tell it was a good team that was just getting pummeled. I mean, that was one of the better... FCS teams to play a Big Twelve team on Saturday, and and they took it the worst of any of them. Almost
2: that was about the hardest right hook they could have landed right out of the gates. You know, yeah, it was a. It was actually a combination, right hook, look, right hook, left hook, uppercut. That's a triple. God, I don't know. So uh, I mean, it was just you know move the ball down the field, eat up the clock, and then boom. A, I don't want to say backbreaking play on the first drive, but that's kind of what it felt like. An interception. After you've just dominated and scored seven points, almost felt like it was like, all right, game's over.
0: It, was, it was amazing. It was tough, and then they just started clicking on offense. Awfully fun, leaves us all with a lot of hope for the future of the program. Uh, and they're just beginning. I, I assume we're going to see another dominating performance on Saturday because Bowling Green is not very good. Yeah. And uh, How bad is Morgan State? Yeah, Uh, And here's the thing. Morgan isn't even a state. Big if there's 50 of them and none of them are named Morgan. None of them are named Morgan. None of them are named Wichita. I mean, I I feel like Morgan State was named after a sorority girl. (laughs) Okay. Onward.
3: Also from Purple Powerhouse, is there a reason that we didn't throw as much to the tight ends, and he was really happy, Purple Powerhouse is really happy with how well uh, Skyler
2: distributed the ball? Well, let's break that down into two parts. The tight end thing. They will. I I think it's funny because I wrote an analysis piece on Friday about how they weren't going to hold back anything. And they did. They did, and I think it was for good reason. But also, if you read that story, you would know Coach Mess said, it's not that we're looking to avoid um, putting something in the game. It's that we just haven't gotten there yet in terms of putting it into our play. You know, it's still a new coaching staff. It's still nine months old, you know. And I'm not saying they can't learn things in nine months, but they still have a lot to learn,
0: I have a feeling, about this offense. So, are going to slowly layer it on. And they've got stuff installed they haven't shown yet. I think we'll see it in a couple weekends in the Starkville. Tight end pass is coming,
2: so just – just hold tight, and they did, they threw to him a little bit, but just just give it a minute.
0: Holy cow, Skyler! There's there's uh, a lot to come, and yeah, Skyler was on the money all day long. He maybe had one bad throw, and it,
2: and it wasn't an even it wasn't even like a oh wow you shouldn't have thrown there. It was a he got really excited because Malik Knowles was wide open, and he overthrew him in the end zone. Oh, that's
0: not the one I'm thinking of. Oh, which one it was you an early of? it was an early play. Jacksonine was out open in the flat, he threw over the top of him to Malik near the sideline and kind of underthrew it. Oh, Malik could have caught it. He got his hands on it, but it would have been a tough catch. I think Skyler
2: was, you know, six incomplete passes. One was the Malik drop in the end zone. One was the Dalton Schoen drop on the sidelines. One was the Dalton Schoen drop in the end zone.
0: And Malik had another drop.
2: I mean, I think he threw one pass that was... One or two that were Incomplete. Yeah. He can't get much better than that. He's the second highest rated QBR quarterback in college football right now. Behind, anyone want to take a guess? Jalen Hurt. Damn it. Wait, did I tell you that today? No. I told someone that today. His
0: stat line was incredible. Yeah, that was really
3: impressive. (laughs) We have a podcast debut from AgCountant. Countant. Welcome. Can Skyler realistically be in the conversation for the best quarterback in the big twelve by the end of the year?
0: Yes, but does AgCountant countant count cows or I what? think they count pieces of wheat
2: like pieces grain. pieces of wheat. <laughs> like grains yeah. Like a little uh,
0: yeah, he could be. He really could be. Oh, now, but man. I'll say this. We have now skewed quarterback numbers. Yeah. (laughs) Some of these offenses throw the ball so much, and they'll have so many touchdowns and so many more yards, and it'll look like they're a much better quarterback, but they're running an entirely different system.
2: I'll put it this way, and I don't mean to divert so much into other quarterbacks. Um, I think Skyler can be in the conversation for best quarterback in the conference. I don't think he will be when it's all said and done because, guys, Jalen Hurts looks like he has taken another step, and that's amazing considering he was a national championship winning quarterback. Let's
0: get down the road a little bit. I don't give it, give trust that time. Dana Holgerson was playing real good defense either. Good God, Dana. What the hell is that? was that? He's just trying to get a payday. Yeah, pretty much. He pulled the old Dana Altman, I'm getting out of town before you fire me.
2: Skyler is going to be... I mean, if you want to go based on numbers, Hertz will probably have better numbers. Um, I got to think Ellinger will probably have better numbers. And Brewer, because that's just the way Baylor plays. It's just in terms of yardage, touchdown numbers. But, I mean, if you compare their games to, you know, overall, the, the game as a whole, I, I don't see how Skyler can't be considered... Or, or can't end up being, you know, one of the three or four best in that in that top uh, top echelon of quarterbacks in the conference. It's it'll, it'll be really fun
3: to follow. This is not a new poster, but it is a new username: Randolph
2: the Iguana. Nice, nice. <laughs> when was the last? Hold on, time? in case in case anybody doesn't get the reference, because I'm sure there's a lot of people yeah. out there. Randolph the Iguana is the name for the iguana that Marcus Foster. And that crowd named when they were down in South Padre
0: Island. The plastic iguana.
2: It was a plastic iguana on the shoulder of everybody that they were taking selfies with and posting to social media while the rest of the country was playing in the NCAA tournament. Anyways, let's go
3: on. There we go. When was the last time you remember K State's rushing attack being this potent versus any opponent?
0: Yeah, see, I'm not good at pulling out specifics like this. Like, oh, remember that game? Is (laughs) Remember the game when they had that and the one guy had a shoe untied? I'll put it this
2: way. I I don't – it hasn't happened since I've started covering the team. So you're going back to, like, the John Hubert days or earlier than that, the Daniel Thomas days.
0: But what was different was in those days that you mentioned – You pulled out a running back. Yeah. They just kept coming and coming to have four guys with 10 or more carries. And there wasn't a drop-off. No. That means the line's doing a lot of the work. Not that you or I could have gone out there and picked up yards. I think we could have picked up three. We could have picked up a couple because they moved the line of scrimmage every snap almost. Out of what they had, 45 running plays, right? And Uh, only two of them were for negative yardage three that's, i mean that's just three total loss yards it's unheard of it was crazy and yeah i i don't remember anything like that and part of the reason why is i don't uh the way they went about it was so impressive I guess the one game you could sit here, as I sit here right now and think of just running the ball, doesn't matter who does it, just running the ball, totally dominating game with it, would have been Colin Klein in Texas his sophomore year when he started and he threw like four passes the whole game. Oh, yeah. Texas couldn't figure out the quarterback run game. He's going to run it again. We can't stop him.
2: And that's fair. But, you know, when you try to compare running game, you you like to compare them running backs, not just a bulky quarterback that wasn't going to get tackled by a lot of people. I, this is the perfect transition year, I think, for the running back situation because they're always going to be a multi-running back system under Coach Messingham and, and Coach Kleiman, but I don't think that they want to stay at four. You know, I think ideally they'd like to have two, maybe a third to alternate in. And this is the perfect situation right now to be in while you go out and recruit more running backs while you develop the young guys. I don't know if they're going to rush for over 300 yards every single game, but I can't imagine they're going to have a game where three or four running backs are just entirely shut down. I just don't see that happening.
0: It was impressive. It was fun to watch.
3: From it Time BB. Will we run over 300 yards against Bowling Green, and will we have one running back going over 100 yards again?
2: I I would say yes. One will go over 100 yards. If it's not 300, it'll be like 280-something. I'm going to say yes and yes. I feel like they would, they're would. they like, hey, Skyler, you did really good last week. We'll let, you, we'll let you air it out a little bit. I don't think so.
0: I think they're just going to hold all that until they go to Mississippi State. That's fair. No reason to show it.
2: Yeah, and it's t- I, <laughs> if you look at uh, – if you look at the first game that uh, that Bowling Green played, I think Morgan State had like 40 to 50 rushing yards. So, it's... Uh, Morgan State might be the worst team in college football.
0: <laughs> Hi, my name's Morgan.
2: Not good at all.
3: From Thundercat, any thoughts on the lack of sacks? One disappointment of the night and got pressure, but thought we would get at least a couple.
2: Yeah, I mean... Well, yes and no. First and foremost, I say yes because I think that you should have been able to overpower some of those guys. You should have been able to get in the backfield. No, because how often was the situation third and 14? Third and 17?
0: Not that often. No. He had, he, he had no interest in standing back there and being sacked. He right. was just getting rid of the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's 10 of 18 throwing the ball. He just was dumping it. I mean— wide Hubert should have had a strip sack at one point, but 4K tucked his elbow at the, literally the last second and stopped the strip from happening. And that was a senior quarterback move. But, yeah. yeah I and, mean, boom, Massey was in someone's face, in 4K's face. So they were pretty generic with rushing the passer. And, again, why? When they get out that quickly, why be fancy? I think it was at... It, uh was
2: it Travis Tannehill on the on the sample where he said that Hazelton said the gun, the bullets would be in the gun and they're still in the gun. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> from Thundercat, excuse me, from Infected Testicle. Oh, wow. After any after an impressive first game, have your expectations changed any on how many games K-State wins this year?
2: I mean, I already had them at 6 or 7.
0: Now you're going with 15 or no?
2: I mean, I don't see why we can't like Robert said, you know, see everyone at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome seems realistic. Yeah,
0: yeah. The beat Nichols, formerly Nichols State, now they're just Nichols. And why not win a national Nichols, championship? Nichols, Nick Saban. Uh, no, not yet. I want to get down the road a little bit, and and not even doing this again with Bowling Green will make that. Uh, the measuring bar is Mississippi State. And Oklahoma State, those games. Yeah. Boom, boom.
2: I mean, uh, now, if you said to me before the game, can K-State win eight games this year? I would have said probably not. If you just said to me after the game, can K-State win eight games this year? i say, well, I could see it. So, in that sense, yes, my expectations changed a little bit because it went from not going to happen to it could happen. But I'm not ready to, to start predicting eight and four, nine and three for this team. Uh, let's just pump the brakes. Like like coaches and players always say, it's just one game, it's just one week. Take it one game at a time.
3: From I Like Pickles Cat, do we know anything about the defense other than they were better than the Nichols offense?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Analysis. Uh no, we don't. I mean we do. They're more aggressive. They're flying around. They they were really good on third down. I mean, that's been a problem for Kansas State. They would just give up first downs. You got uh, what, third and five. Well, we're going to back up six yards. You know, it was just kind of pathetic what they do on third down. And they got him off the field. I mean, you, you can sit there and complain they didn't sack them. They didn't, you know, force a bunch of lost yarders, but they didn't let him have first downs. And that's really the end of the day. That's what you want to do. Ross
2: Uglum had a an analysis piece go up today where he broke down film from the game and I did think it was uh, the AJ Parker interception is was really interesting because I, I'm not trying to like oh I'm so smart you could we could all see that developing mm-hmm. you know we saw it from a mile away we, you could see it was coming that's exactly where our seats are yeah mile away <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I I think things like that you know the defense they're going to put the cornerbacks in a better position at times and there's going to be times where the cornerback gets burnt. You know, I think a, with a better team, an aggressive play like that could come back to bite you at times. But like what you said, they're playing a lot more aggressively. Um, one thing we learned today was that the the constant substitution and and you know in and outs, or as as Coach Climan called it, the the hockey change, uh, I, it's going to continue to be a thing, both offensively and defensively, and. It changes a lot for the defense specifically. I didn't realize Denzel Goolsby played under 30 snaps in that game. Yeah, That's crazy. He played under 30 snaps. So I guess if you want to say something you learned about the defense is that they might not be as tired and therefore might be able to to be a stronger unit this season, I, I think. If you're going to continue coaching like that. That, that that's really noteworthy, in my opinion.
0: And even though the offense played 80 snaps as a whole, they rotated so many guys in and out. It, it was, yeah, you're just going to cut down on injuries. The guys are more fresh. They're going to make fewer mistakes with footing, and yeah, it's it was all good.
3: From wild from Wildcat Wabash. How did the true freshman look during the game? I believe only two played, Youngba, Youngblood and Jackson Ying.
2: Four played. Yeah, four played. But um, it, those were the two that played. Yeah, because yeah, you didn't – the the Joe Irvin thing, nobody knew about it until we read the participation chart. You know, I, full disclosure, I didn't know. Um, and, I, I, you know, it's, it's tough to judge. Obviously, you can't judge anything about Josh Youngblood because he didn't catch any passes. I mean – you could go back and probably watch him block or watch him run routes and make an assessment. But I have no true opinion on Josh Youngblood's game. Um, I thought Jax was fine. Um, you know, it's obviously getting out and, and catching that pass was nice. You don't want to see him drop his first one or something like that. Um, but he definitely did. I, I you know, I noticed it during the game and then, and then coach climate said it today at the press conference, he's got to do a little bit better job blocking. Um, that, you know, there were a few plays where you kind of looked at it and you're like, well, it wasn't the best best block in the world. But it's it's super early. Not tons of analysis on that because of those four freshmen that played, they just they just didn't do really anything too significant or or
0: anything like that. So Jackson in, uh, is playing because Adam Harder's hurt and out for the year. Coach Kleiman said that at Tuesday's press conference that the decision was made. He was going to go ahead and play this season. Not just the four games and keep your red shirt, which is interesting because I I figured he still might go over four even with Harder healthy, but I, I guess not. Yeah, they must have really liked Harder, um, and they have Barta so those would be your two guys. Who was impressive, by the way? Yeah, he had his moments. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, Jacksonine is uh, gives hope to all of us that we too could be a college football star. <laughs> Why is that? He does not look like a college football player. No, he does not.
2: I'll tell you this though: his his face mask is easily the coolest face mask on the whole team. I didn't even notice. It's kind of got like a it's like a little V towards the middle, a few bars on the side. It it looks pretty uh, pretty oh. pretty cool. Wow. Well, Last
3: question of the first half from Chris six six two zero four: Which aspects of game one are for real and which are faux? For example, what can we expect to hold up during the conference schedule?
0: Well, they won't he run lists, the ball
3: quite as he lists options here.
0: Okay, oh, oh yeah. options, yeah, good.
3: Yeah, uh, Thompson's accuracy slash decision making. I'll be fine. Offensive line play.
2: They'll be fine. Defensive efficiency. The accuracy of Skylar Thompson, the decision making of Skyler Thompson, is going to remain at that level. He's going to make some bad throws. He's going to throw some bad interceptions this year. That's just going to happen. That's going to happen with every quarterback. It's going to happen with Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. But he made a lot of smart decisions in that game that told me he feels a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. now, and he's a lot smarter. So I feel very comfortable saying that can continue to be a really strong piece moving forward. The offensive line, uh, I, don't wanna know, I don't know if I can say it can and will, but I will say that it should. There's no reason, in my opinion, that the offensive line shouldn't continue to be effective um, game in and game out. Just, you know, I'm not basing that off of what they did to Nichols. I'm basing it off the fact that they have three returning starters. They have a kid in, in Josh Rivas who looked really impressive this game and last season, got tons of experience. And they had a guy or have a guy in Nick Kaltmeyer who was an all bowl player in 2017. So there's no reason it, it shouldn't stay at that level. Defense, by numbers, it's going to get worse. I mean, the Big 12 is going to score on them. That's just the way the Big 12 is. But I don't know if that necessarily means the defense is playing bad all the time. It's just kind of a give and take in the Big 12.
0: Well, I think you can make an argument that Skyler's numbers will look better as the season progresses because the offensive line won't be able to move everyone around like they did Nichols. I mean, you go against bigger, more athletic defensive lines, you're going to be a better challenge. You know, maybe you can't run it for... 200-plus in a game, and you end up having to throw the ball more, and maybe Skeller's numbers improve. Defensively, we still don't know much about the defense. They were good on third down. They got them off the field, but Nichols really didn't present that much. They looked, Nichols moved down the field pretty efficiently to open the third quarter, and then scored again against the backups. You know, we're, I don't know if we're going to find out much more this weekend against Bowling Green. So, uh, maybe put an asterisk on that until they go to Mississippi State, and then Go to Oklahoma State and see as we get into the Big Twelve a little bit how things hold up. But um, I don't think there's a lot out there that was just an illusion because it was a bad team. I don't. I don't think that's what was going on. I think they have a really good, well thought out offensive system uh, that goes back to some of the basic fundamentals of football in terms of. Um, Making the defense adjust to you until they adjust in the wrong way and you take advantage of it. So um, I'm looking forward to how all this develops through the season. Can the offensive line run the ball, you know, move good defensive lines around like they did uh, and create running gaps for almost any of their running backs to have success? Now, if they can continue to run the ball with that kind of efficiency and play three, four guys at running back and they're always fresh. This is going to be a tough team to beat. Yeah, they're going to wear you out. That's what the North Dakota State teams did. It might be halfway close in the third quarter, but come fourth quarter, and you saw this happen. They are just flat out wearing you out. They're bringing new bodies in. They're just constantly fresh, and they've got a rhythm going, and you just finally break. So it's. It's, this is a whole new frontier. It's going to be so much to be discovered as we go, and, and we will be right there along the way with coverage at Go Powercat. If you're not a VIP subscriber, get, get that taken care of, because uh, uh, if you enjoy the free stuff, you're going to really like the stuff that's behind the paywall. That's it for the first half of this week's Powercat Questions podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We'll be right back with another set of questions in the second half.
1: Stay locked in. The Power Cat Podcast will be right back. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We now send it back
0: to Fitz in the WTC Gig-Powered Studios. We're back on the PowerCat Questions podcast, part of the GoPowerCat.com podcast lineup. Every day you get a podcast. Today you got two. Well, this was yesterday. And today we are getting this podcast. It's very confusing. It's it's not easy for me. We're sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. That's easy to remember. This segment's brought to you by the High Low that gets all their liquor from the fridge, so why don't you? Uh, if you're in Aggieville, make sure you swing in the High Low. Have a slice and a pint. You can have you can have more than that. You can that sounds have two so slices and, and like fourteen beers. If you want to, it's at the High Low. Great atmosphere, great food, great peeps. I want to go back to recording
2: the podcast on Wednesday mornings like we did in the summer. No way we have an excuse to leave and
0: go to the. <laughs> the problem is Wednesday is my busy day. And if I go have a couple slices of pizza at the high low, I'm comatose. I mean to make it a Monday
2: routine, like after I finish conference call to go into the high low and eat lunch. But like here's the thing on Monday, you know, that's the day of the week where you're like, all right, I'm going to knock this week out. I'm going to eat really healthy. I'm going to do this and that. And then I would go and
0: I would eat two pieces of mac and cheese pizza and fall asleep. Good job. I'm proud of you. Get to the fridge. Get to the high-low. We're in the WTC Gig Pirate Studios. These are your questions from Wild Bass Station. Still the th- little perk there of being a subscriber to Go Power Cat. You get to ask these questions. We've had the Sources podcast. We've had the Insiders podcast. And we had our first ever breaking podcast dealing with basketball recruiting. I could have made that a recruiting podcast. I've got that. Also. But I like breaking. Because you know why I like the Breaking Podcast? Why is that? It has an explanation point in it. Yeah, I saw that. I got fancy. I didn't want I didn't fancy. want people to read it like breaking. I wanted them to read it like breaking. Breaking. Like that. That'd have been better if I misspelled it so it looked like I was stopping the car quickly. Kay. Zach, take over. Let's get these questions rolling.
3: From infected testicle, which position group needs the most improvement?
0: It's a good question,
2: especially in a week where none of them really did all that poor.
0: <laughs> I, well, I wasn't. I saw good things from the linebackers, but I they got to be better.
2: Receivers got to be more consistent. Absolutely. I mean, take it with a grain of salt because Malik is still technically young, but catching a pass is catching a pass and then Dalton. And I don't, I'm not trying to dog on Dalton cause he even had, he owned up to it fully, but he has to catch that ball on the sideline. That there. was crazy. I mean, that's, that's a catch he always makes. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I saw a question in there. It's not in this, but you know, is it going to be a theme of the receivers letting Skylar down? I sure hope not. I sure hope it was just first game jitters. um, and also, I know there was only one opportunity, but Blake Lynch has got to make that field goal. I mean, Agreed. that's a chip shot for him. He was 5 of 5 from that distance last year, and it was not windy on your home turf. I'm pretty sure it was a decently straightaway shot. Maybe it wasn't. I couldn't really see. I was on the field at that point with Zach working on uh, something with, with the the entrance video, but I expected him to make it. I thought, I, I thought it went in. Nah, it's because I figured Blake Lynch always makes field goals. So well, Plus,
0: we have no angle. Yeah. We can't. We have no way to tell up in the press box. We're so high, and everything looks like it goes through.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, again, one field goal. Let's see what he does if he gets another opportunity. But if he starts missing some, you might have to start thinking about giving Ty Zentner a shot at kicking field goals. Who knows? Tough to really point out a lot of positions that struggled in a game like that.
0: I feel like we're... We're one game into the season, and people want us to give a complete assessment of this Kansas State football team. <laughs> like, I'm not there yet. I, it looked good. There was even, because of the way that game transpired, even if there was a weakness, it wasn't glaring because they're ahead by four touchdowns or more. You know, it just, it just didn't play out that way through the game.
3: From Wildcat Pilot 88 QB2,
2: Ost or Holcomb? I,
0: again, I think- situational.
2: Situational, yes, but to me, the situation now is, to me, the situation is Skyler goes down. It's still a game. Who are you putting in? Aust.
1: Right.
2: And any other, literally any other situation now, it's Holcomb for me. Like, not even just, like, if, if they go out and throttle Bowling Green, I think the second quarterback should be
0: Holcomb now. I don't, I, I think. John will have his role defined in a series of plays. He'll be the belldozer of this offense. They will bring him in to run the ball when they need to do that. It's a good way to eat up the clock, a good way to score touchdowns, good way to convert third downs into first downs. But if you want the whole game managed, it's, it's Austin.
2: If there is a package for John Holcomb, they're going to have to put some passes in there too. Otherwise it's just gonna become a bulky Daniel Sams, a bulky Alex Dalton
0: no, one dimensional. But yeah. I mean he he definitely my goodness. But he doesn't manage the offense very well yet. Everyone will tell you that. You know he's not there yet with running the offense and reading defenses and doing those things. But mm-hmm. man.
3: <laughs> From Colorado Cat. With this running back group, can we expect screen passes? I know the Sproles versus OU pass in the Big 12 championship is a reach, but these guys look to have the skills.
0: Although they'll they'll throw to the running back, whether it'll be in a traditional screen or not, I don't know. But it seems like they're very – this is a very traditional offense, so it seems like they would be in there.
2: I think, honestly, I might want Harry Trotter if there's a screen. I don't think I want Jordan Brown – they passed him, um, Did they not?
0: Yeah, they put through it.
2: Okay, let me rephrase it. Not not like, oh, God, I don't think he could run the screen. I just think of everything I saw of those three running backs, I felt like Trotter just had a a boost to him, an extra gear that we hadn't seen. When he hit that corner on his touchdown run, impressive. he kicked it in gear. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just over-reading things, but... I sure I sure would like to see all of them get an opportunity at something like that, but but I would really like to see Harry. Um, not that many screens anymore, so but I think it'd be, I think it would sure sure be fun to bring it back, and especially the screen over the middle, like the like the Sproul's one he referenced. Uh, another podcast debut from Chase Manhattan. Welcome. He's pretty new to this, or
3: at least wow. hasn't hasn't posted a whole lot on the site either, so. Mm. Do you think that rested legs had something to do with the fa- with the fast start versus slow starts with Snyder?
0: I, you know, I don't even, it it could be they hadn't been worked as hard in fall camp or it could have just been, I don't know, you know, that it, it was a beautiful night. Everything clicked. I think Coach Snyder worked
2: guys a lot. A lot more than maybe they needed to be worked at times. But I don't think it was so hard to the point where they were just dead on game one. Yeah. I think you
0: can make that argument happen in bowl games. Yeah. But not game one. It seems... I just think Coach, as he got older, was so conservative that he didn't put his team in a position to look good. He just made his play calling so predictable it...
2: Kinda of like what Iowa state like you texted what Iowa State was doing on Saturday. Yeah. You overlook a FCS opponent by not putting yourself in the best position to win and and then suddenly you're in a dogfight with them and you need overtime to escape it. Yep. Um no I don't think it was so much that. I, I just think I was I've always said Matt Campbell reminds me of Bill Snyder. That was a little bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> I just think at the end of the day a lot of what happened on Saturday, or, or at least a great deal, was just hey man, football's back New era, excited. That's what is so intriguing about the second game is it's 11 a.m. and it's
0: game two. How do they respond? Everything this coaching staff is asking of the players involves being on the attack. The offense, we're going to run around and have a bunch of motion and guys are going to be zigging and zagging and personnel is going to coming in and out. You have to be, you know, locked into the game. It, I mean, you're going to play that many players. You're basically rotating 20, 25 players through that offense on a regular basis. You're engaged. You're engaged. You're fired up. You know this is your opportunity. You play hard. And the defense is just a radically different approach. I mean, they're, they're just more in attack mode. Maybe that won't work well in the Big 12. Maybe Tom Hayes is right. You get too, you know, too aggressive and you're going to pay a price. But But it's hard to be a run to the ball, fly around defense when you start 10 yards off the ball. I mean, it's just hard to get that mentality cranked up. So I'm I'm encouraged just because I think the players are having fun, the coaches are making it fun, and the coaches are putting them in a position to be very successful.
3: From KSU number one, how much credit goes to the athletic department for the successful promotion of game one?
2: Well, there was at one point in the summer where I think we were talking about the fact that they were... Significantly under selling tickets, you know, and they were really needing to get to that sellout number. And there weren't a lot of empty pockets in that stadium.
0: I no, think. they had a real surge at the end, they really did. And there are tickets available for Bowling Green as of Saturday night. There was a lot of tickets available, so that'll be interesting.
2: And I mean, I, I think, yeah, the athletics department did a great job of, of uh, pushing the fact that you know, hey, you know, it's back, but. So I, you know, I don't mean to take anything away from them at all. They did an excellent job. At the end of the day, I think it's, I think it gets to be six days away from the game, three days away from the game, and people go, I kind of would like to go to the game. Hey, you got any tickets? Then they start out. You know, I, I know, I got three people, three different people texting me on like Thursday. Well, hey, you know, of any extra
0: tickets? No, I'm in the media. How would I have extra <laughs> tickets?
2: People think that we have like. That like You know, like players get four tickets a game or whatever for family. Like, like we get our own tickets to give away to people because I don't know we why. cover the team. I don't
0: know. <laughs> but they do. They do think that.
2: Well,
3: we do not. From Randolph the Iguana, with as many emotions that were packed into week one, do you fear a letdown versus a worse Bowling Green team or continued momentum leading into Stark Vegas the week after? Well, I didn't mean to step
0: on that question. Wow. I don't think they're going to be let down. No. I think these kids genuinely are enjoying themselves. I don't. I think they're going to come out and get after Bowling Green. Maybe things won't go perfectly this time, but I don't think it'll be because they're just going through the motions. I don't. I don't see that happening.
2: Yeah, I think that they could come out with four more penalties, six more penalties, whatever, and uh, you know, not run the balls effectively or something like that. Just because you know, I'm, I'm just using examples there. And suddenly you start to think that, oh, it was a letdown. Oh, they were overhyped for the first game. Again, Saturday wasn't perfect, but it was pretty dang close to perfect in that game. And you just can't expect that game in and game out. Um, Look, if I'm I'm a K-State fan, if I'm the coaches, I want nothing more than for them to come into this game treating it like it's Alabama. Throttle... Bowling Green and go down to Mississippi State thinking you are the best team in the country. I think that's the only way you're going to go into there and win is if you feel that type of confidence. A lot of, a lot can be said for the Oh hey, we kind of got humbled there in week 2. We need to refocus. But I think that this team would benefit more from absolutely just kicking Bowling Green right in the right to the curb and just leaving no doubt about it. And then you've got Mississippi State a little bit scared too because you know, full disclosure, I didn't see the Mississippi State game, but from what I heard, they didn't play all that well. You know, they won significantly, but I, it didn't sound like it was all that clean all the way around. And if you have K State coming in two really clean games, two really dominating games, got to think that if you're Mississippi State, that you you might think this is a different K State team. So, uh, this is a big one, I think, and and I don't think you can ever uh, overemphasize how how important it it might be to the the rest of the season after this one. From
3: Yao Power. What was your observation on the feel of the sideline from players and coaches?
2: Having fun. Yeah, they're having fun. It, it,
0: there's fun. It's funny. There's just things that stick out to you that you're like, oh, this is clearly something new. And just the whole demeanor and way the sideline was set up was like, this is different. The way Coach Kleiman was out on the field interacting with his players. It just felt different. It looked different. It was so strange. Well, this is K-State, but, you know, things are arranged a little bit differently. I, now, I I think these guys really are loving it right now. And they haven't lost a game yet, but I think they just enjoy playing for these guys.
2: Yeah, I just doing that, watching the postgame video, you know, from the locker room where Skyler kind of addressed the team. It's so tough to put into words, but something is different and obviously has a lot to do with the coaching staff and just allowing them to be themselves, I guess, at the end of the day. Yeah, I think at times the whole, you know, somebody had said that they saw a bunch of players like posing for pictures on the sidelines or whatever with the K-State photographers. And, yeah, I can get somebody if they were arguing like, "Uh, I'd rather you focus on the game. But I think at the same time it's, it's good to have fun. It's good to to celebrate when you're doing good things. And um, when they need to focus, when they need to lock in, they'll do it. It'll be just fine. From I Like Pickles Cat, how does Kleiman seem so
3: different and yet exactly the same as Bill Snyder? It's amazing,
0: isn't it? (laughs) It's amazing. I mean, what what they're trying to do and um, the product they want to put on the field is very familiar. I mean, the schemes are a little bit different, but that looked like old K-State football. And he's going about it in a totally different way. You know, he's not trying to go to the spread. He's not trying to be bold and daring. He's not, you know, he's trying to play K-State football. He's really not changing the brand. He's just freshening it back up. And it's, it is refreshing. It's good. People are responding. They get it now. That maybe... You know, the, those people that said, well, Bill Snyder's the only guy that's ever done it, and I don't know, well, get, be careful what you ask for. Well, there you go. Well, you know, it's not, it's not awful.
2: And then it carries over into, like, the press conference today. You know, they play such a good game. The defense only gives up 14 points, and seven of them came kind of in that late action where they're just running out the clock. And yet, you know, he still went into the film, and he still found, hey, we didn't do this well. We didn't yeah. do that well. We got to work on this. Um, He's one of the first coaches that I truly believe, and I guess Bill Snyder would probably be another one. Where when you tell me that you're only worried about Bowling Green, your only focus this week is Bowling Green, you'll worry about the next games when they get there. I buy it. And maybe I'm gullible to that. Maybe I don't. Maybe I should be a little bit more skeptical, but I don't feel like they really are that concerned with Mississippi State right now. I don't feel like they've popped Mississippi State film in and have started a game plan for Mississippi State. I think that's what they'll do on Sunday, Monday. And, you know, I like that approach. I, I think that's what helped them clobber Nichols, and I think that's what's going to help them play really well against Bowling Green on Saturday. So, again, maybe I'm just choosing to believe something that uh, maybe not is entirely accurate, but I, I, think, I think the similarities, like you said, are, are pretty close.
3: From K-State Legion, after what we saw yesterday, do you feel like we have a better chance of
2: beating Mississippi State this year? I do. Yeah, and I like do. I said,
0: with Mississippi State, it goes both ways. Yeah, I I do feel better about the opportunity to go down there and win. Now that doesn't mean I'm ready to predict that will happen. <laughs> Give me another game to start feeling cocky about things. <laughs> But,
2: uh, let me let me watch K State pulverize Bowling Green before I'm allowed. I'll they say they're going to
0: beat the Bulldogs. Yeah, I do feel good. I because because now we've seen it. Now we've seen the product. Now we've seen uh, exactly what they were talking about actually play out on the field and become something tangible. So yeah, I'm I'm bought in more. Most people are because it, it it's you can touch it, you can feel it, you can see it. So now they just got to perpetuate it.
2: Kind of funny that. Going into last year, I thought they had an opportunity to beat Bowling, or to beat Mississippi State at home. I didn't predict it, but I was like, you know what? Maybe I could see it, potentially. And then that first game wipes out any potential of that happening. And now this year, it's the exact opposite. Coming into this year, I was like, yeah, they're not going to beat Mississippi State. And then the first game, it's like, well...
0: Maybe they can. Well, I can tell you this. I know this happened last year when Mississippi State came to Manhattan. The team was lifeless. The team looked disinterested in playing the game. They lost that game before the game even kicked off because they just, I don't know, I don't want to say ill-prepared, but they certainly weren't mentally prepared for that game, and I refuse to believe this team will be that way. I think they'll be supremely mentally and physically prepared for the game. Now, are they good enough to win it? I don't know. I don't know enough about Mississippi State or Kansas State yet. But I, I know this. These coaches are gonna put them in a good position to win, which is all you can really ask of of a coaching staff is give them a chance and let the players get the job done.
3: Last question on the podcast from Mountain Joe. Will the fans put too much on this first victory over an FCS team?
0: Yeah. I think they have. <laughs> I think it's clear they have. But but I'll see you in New Orleans. <laughs> but I don't think that's a bad thing. No, you folks you needed this. You deserve this. You you had something good happen. I mean, after South Dakota last year, what turned out to be a very average FCS team and almost losing to them and really your team got outplayed by them. This was so bolstering. People were cautious. People weren't bought in all the way. People were reserved and holding back. And I sensed by the end of Saturday night, they are hell yeah. I'm on the climbing train. I'm in. I'm ready. They they needed this positive vibe to come back. It felt like old times had come back, and it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch, and there was nothing stale or predictable about the entire day. The music's different. The entrance was different. The band did different things. They had a World War II bomber fly over, which scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I thought it was having a flashback to a previous life or something. It, the whole day was just really well rehearsed and, you know, executed. So, k you deserved that. You deserve more because you've been pretty damn loyal to an average football team for a number of years. They were good but not great. They won a championship in 2012 and then it started to slide and it slid all the way in to, you know, the start of this season. And this was the first upturn you've seen in 7 years. So enjoy it.
2: I, I'd Don't rather be shy. I'd rather you be here sitting here and talking about beating Mississippi State and continuing in the Big 12, then we're approaching week two, and the questions are, goodness, can we find a competent offense by the time Big 12 play starts? Can yeah. we stop a nosebleed by the time we go down to Stillwater? I want you to be the the, the former of the two, you know? And and if it bites you in the butt, if, you, if they clobber Bowling Green on Saturday and you start predicting them to beat Mississippi State, and then they go down to Starkville and they just get run out of the
0: building – who cares?
2: You know, you're bought in again. It's fun again. And
0: 11 more games to go. Win Saturday. Look good. Go to Starkville. And, man, you got everything to gain. Everyone thinks you're going to lose, and including a lot of Case staters think you're going to lose that game. If you win, man, you're so far ahead of the chains at that point. You're just – you're playing. It's it's second and short, man. Everything's good on second and short. That's it for this week's PowerCat questions podcast. We'll be back on Friday with the overtime, which I think we're going to tape right now. So it'll be f- freaking fantastic. Don't forget, we get got the pregame podcast drops on Thursday afternoon. And then Brian Hanley and I will meet up via the phone Saturday afternoon evening. After the K-State Bowling Green Game for another post-game podcast. They just keep coming here at GoPowerCat.com. We hope you're enjoying it. We're having a blast. I talked a lot about fans having a blast. We had a blast. For us, being even professionals, having that to cover was rejuvenating. It was fun. It was great. There were so many stories to write about. So, we'll be here the whole step of the way, every step of the way. And uh, we hope you'll come along with us. We will talk to you real soon at gopowercat.com. Thank you to the fridge for your ongoing support and sponsorship, and thank you for, to WTC for hooking us up with the baddest internet in the world. I mean that good bad bad's good in this case.
1: You've been listening to the Power Cat Questions podcast presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. PowerCat Podcast, all rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.